we have a free gift for you for coming today, and uh, you'll get one of these on the way out. No, not really. But I want to talk about the age-old debate. Now, when you hang a roll of toilet paper, uh, should the tissue be hanging off the roll, or should it be hanging over the roll? Under or over? How many do we have for under the roll? Raise your hand. Okay, very good. How many under? Or no, over the roll. Over the roll. Okay. <laughs> Did I do that right? <laughs> Let's this way. How many? Okay, very good. All right. Well, that seems to win. Uh, how many of you uh, disagree with your spouse about this particular issue? Anybody out there? All right. How many of you have debated with your spouse trying to convince them that your way is right? Raise your hand. Uh, well, who won? Who won there, huh? Maybe it's different forever it stalls it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I really don't care. I really haven't thought about it. All I care is that there's toilet paper there in the vicinity. Because if, if it isn't there, I've got a problem. Because I'm not usually the person who notices if it's there or not. You know. So all that to say is that uh, that's a real small thing, isn't it? But that can tell you a lot about your personality and if you care or not about the toilet paper. And that's just a small thing. We could go on and on because your personality will determine how you relate to your spouse and to your kids and other people uh, in relation to some really important things with your spouse about finances, about conflict, about raising children. And that's why it's so important that we take this time to talk about how we're wired in terms of our personality in order that we might love each other better. That's the whole intent. We've been in our Relationship Rx series for six weeks now, and we're concluding it uh, today. We went through the Love at Last Sight challenge, and we're finishing up with two weeks on the art of identifying your love style. Started off last week, and this week is the art of understanding other people's love style. And throughout this period, we've encouraged you to take a love style assessment. How many have taken the love style assessment out there? Raise your hands high. All right. Thank you very much uh, for doing that. So you have a real good idea of how God has wired you up. And if you haven't, we encourage you uh, to do that. We also had a love style workshop this past Friday night. And we had a great time. Here are just some pictures here. Tom Jensen, who uh, specializes in this, uh, was leading us for two hours. And we have some other couples here, uh, Mendez's and the uh, Rojos, uh, who are talking about their particular love styles. And Lori and I were there. It was just a great time of laughing, talking with one another. There's another identical seminar on November 9th. And we would encourage you to sign up for that. It's a great investment in your marriage. But the reason we're doing all of this is to follow God's command found in Romans 12.10. It says, love one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor. So we always want to be raising the bar on loving people around here and loving people in our families. And we need God's power to do that. And one of the ways we can better do it is 
to understand one another, to understand how we're different from one another, and then to accept those differences, to accept that yet God has put my wife or my husband or my child together differently than myself, and I need to accept that. I, I shouldn't try to force them to be me. And then you need to change your response to the people that you love in order that you might serve them and love them. Now, I want to do a real quick assessment for those of you who are new today. And again, it's similar to last week's. So if you could take out your message notes, everybody take out your message notes. And if our ushers uh, could grab some pens back there uh, for anybody who might need a pen. So if you could raise your hand really high if you don't have a pen. Uh, so you can take notes here. There's somebody down in front, these two over here. Uh, now, outgoing versus shy. So what would you characterize yourself? More outgoing, more shy. So put an O or an S. O or S. And you put that in the place of letter, one, two, three, below number three. So you put an O or S. Task-oriented or people-oriented. Now, we all want to accomplish tasks, but some people would rather do a task alone, and other people would rather do it with people, because that's part of the fun, all right? So when you think about doing a task, would you rather do it alone, or would you rather do it with a group of people? So T or P, you can put a number two. Variety versus routine. Uh, do you like variety in your life? Do you like every day to be different? Or are you more a routine-type person? you like things to be predictable? So you'd have V or R, and you put that on number three. Now, you should have a series of three letters. Everybody got that? That makes sense? And that quickly will help you determine if you're an OTV, that means you're a lion. If you're an OPV, that means you're an otter. If you're an SPV or R, SPVR, SPV, uh, that means you're a golden retriever. If you're an STR, that means you're a beaver. Now, again, let's take a look at these different animals. How many are lions out there? All right. Raise your hands high. Okay. All right. Not as many. How many are uh, beavers? All right. Okay. Little, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they're the life of the party. All right. How many of you are golden retrievers? The loyal people. Okay, I want to keep peace and harmony. And how many of you are beavers? You have a plan. You have a plan for life. You want to stick to that plan. Okay, we've got a pretty good mix here. Now, if we look at these different personality types, here's a list that you'll see. Uh, there are different words based upon what type of instrument you're looking at. Lion, otter, golden retriever, and beaver. I like the best because people can identify it, identify with it, and... Uh, remember it more easily, uh, but that's the same thing as the love styles that we're working through, and they have different words, and that's leader, and optimist, validator, and evaluator, all right? So those are the ones you'll see in your report, and then uh, they're all based upon the DISC profile. They're just different ways of uh, identifying the different uh, personality types. You have dominance, influencing, steadiness, and conscientious. Now, it's important to understand that this is a behavior-driven study. So this identifies what your most typical behavior is. When you went through the 28 questions uh, for this particular assessment, it was just gauging 
What is your behavior like in most situations? Now, you can change your behavior. You don't have to be the way that you're most naturally driven in regards to your personality. You can change that as well as the fact, another important thing, if you just took that rough assessment and you haven't taken uh, the full assessment online, there's most likely the chance that you have a secondary personality type. So, for example, I'm a lion and an otter, pretty even. I'm both. So when I study this particular material, I have to look at both and uh, figure that in. And again, uh, you might have a different combination as well, so you need to be aware of that. Uh, this is based on a book uh, called Love Styles by Les and Leslie Parrott. And it's a great book, and I'll be teaching some of the insights from that book uh, today. And I think you'll want to pick it up if uh, this is something that you're interested in. Well, let's dig in here and take a look at some of these different styles. Uh, we want to, first of all, take a look at uh, the love style basic need. So if you're a lion, your basic need is a need for control. You want to control people. <laughs> you want to control the direction of a project. Uh, you just want to be in control. Now, that could be a negative or positive uh, thing. If you're not, or you need approval. That's your main need. You need approval from other people, especially. People are very important to you. If you're a golden retriever, you need harmony. You need harmony if you're a golden retriever. You want everybody to get along. <laughs> and if you're a beaver, you need structure. You need a plan. You need a system. You need the rule book. All right, so those are some of the different things. Now, another way to look at this is, uh, if we go to the next slide, if you're an otter or golden retriever, you tend to be more task-oriented. And if you're a lion or a beaver, you tend to be more people-oriented. Okay? So lion and beavers, it's all about people. And I'll go back one. And if you're an otter or golden retriever, then you're task-oriented. It's all about the task. Again, it depends upon the mix of your different uh, personality. Uh, the mix in your personality. Uh, now, another way to look at this is if you are fast-paced, you're typically a lion or an otter. If you like, like to move along and be exciting and those type of things, uh, you're going to be a lion or an otter. Uh, if you're slow-paced, you tend to be a golden retriever or a beaver. Uh, you just like, like to move a little bit slower. You even tend to talk a little bit slower if you're a golden retriever or beaver. Now, the lion and the otter, they're talking so fast because they want to make life happen. <laughs> so it really kind of tells you uh, in regards to the pace of life and how you communicate and uh, the way that you uh, behave. All right, well, let's take a look, first of all, at the lion. The lion, four different styles here. Uh, if you're a lion, you have rewritten uh, Frank Sinatra's song, I Did It My Way, and you say... I'll do it my way, and you'll do it my way, too. <laughs> because you have the best plan. There's no doubt in your mind. You have the best plan for whatever is happening. If people would just follow you, they would experience the joy that you know they're going uh, to have. Uh, you love to get things done. There's really such a sense of urgency about everything. Everything has to happen. Now we've got to hurry up the process. Uh, you're very blunt when you talk to people. You kind of just shoot straight. 
Now, you tell them like it is, and that can be problematic. When you run into conflict, you want to win. A person who's married to a lion many times feel, feels like they're married to an attorney. <laughs> because whenever they're working through an issue, this person debates, they argue, they will do anything to win. Not healthy communication. Also, otters tend to be filled with self-confidence. And it can sometimes lead to pride, sometimes leads to pride and narcissism. And when you go negative in that way, but they have a lot of confidence in themselves. So last week we talked about the lion at their best. Goal-oriented, focused, self-confident, visionary, hardworking, and also the lion at their worst. Stubborn, insensitive, easily annoyed, hot-tempered, domineering. Now what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about how lions can love better. Lions loving better. So all you lions, raise your hand again. All right, now you want to listen very closely, okay? Now again, you might be a mix, but you have a little bit of this and a little bit of these things in you, even if you are a mix. Now, the goal, again, is to understand and accept the people around you, their personality, style, and then to change your response to them through the power of the Holy Spirit in order to love them better. So, with lions, they need to devise some marital or relationship reminders. You see, lions, and I'm talking to pure lions here, Lions view everything as a project, everything as a project. And you view relationships as a project. So lions out there, you need to make your relationship with your wife and with your children the most important projects in your life. You need to put it on your goal list. You need to put it on your to-do list. You need to mark it out on the calendar, the date night, and... Sending a card, you need to put a reminder in there because if you don't put it on there, if it's not important to you, because a lion, if it's important to them, they'll write it down as a goal, they'll write it down on their task list, they'll put it on their calendar. Uh, That's the way you need to approach your relationship with your wife and children to be effective and to meet their needs. Now, Les Perot, one of the writers of the book, said that he had a voicemail system where he could actually send future voicemails, schedule voicemails for a couple weeks in advance. So he did this, and he thought it would be great because he was a lion. His wife was a project. Okay, I'm going to love her. I'm going to schedule this out. The problem was when he got home and his wife said, well, thank you so much for that voicemail. And he said, what voicemail? (laughs) The lions, we can uh, go overboard sometimes. Another thing you lions can do to love better is to cultivate patience. This is so important for you to understand because if you're a lion, you want to take on the world, you want to change the world, you want to get things done, and you don't have much patience. You have a low tolerance of frustration. You're tightly wound. And because you're tightly wound... You can run out of patience real quickly, especially with people in your family, because they're just not doing what you say. They are not living out the plan that you have determined for them. Uh, They're not responding fast enough. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. Lions, you need to take that to your daily office, your time with God, and And really reflect upon that and saying, 
Am I impatient with my family? Am I really sinning against them by being impatient? Becoming frustrated much more uh, than I should. You need to change your response to them. The third thing alliance need to do is just slow down. Slow down. I'm a lion, so when I'm with my family on some type of trip, I walk really fast because there's so many things to see. And so usually I'm like 10 feet ahead of my family because I'm walking fast and I know that they think, well, they've got to keep up with me. So if I can just walk fast enough, we'll get there quicker. Well, the problem is that's really not the case. Sometimes I even lose them and they get mad at me. <laughs> Where'd you go? You disappeared. Well, if you would just keep up with me. Oh, yeah. That's the way it goes, right? Yeah, it's interesting on vacations. You really can pick up on personality styles. All right? On vacations. The lion is, let's go. Let's do it. Let's have a plan. Let's make it happen. Let's get the most we can out of this vacation. And the otter, they're saying, hey, it's all about fun. Who needs a plan? Let's just go for it. Not plan anything out and just have a great adventure uh, together. And the, uh, the beaver, well, the beaver, they want a plan for every day, every minute of the day. They want everything scheduled out. Uh, and the golden retriever is just trying to help everybody to get along. <laughs> let's all just relax here for a second, okay? Let's try to understand one another. This is why we're having so much conflict, because we have this lion and this otter going back and forth. Uh, yeah, vacations will bring out uh, our true uh, tendencies, uh, no doubt. The lions, we just need to slow down. The fourth thing is you need to put a lid on anger. This is a very serious thing. Because you're tightly wound, you have high expectations, you have a low tolerance level, uh, you can easily become angry. Ephesians 4, 26 or 27. Be angry and do not sin. Now, anger is just normal. But if you take anger too far, you're going uh, to sin or express it in the wrong way. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Deal with your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. What happens with the lion is that they have this pent of anger. It's the old classic story about how the boss yells at the employee and the husband goes home and yells at the wife and the wife yells at the kid and the kid kicks the dog. <laughs> Just pass that aggression down. And what happens is we become most angry with our families because they're safe to become angry with because what are they going to do? Kick us out of the house? <laughs> right? Well, that is really why we hurt our families so much, because we're our true selves, one might say. And if you're a lion and you have an issue with anger, you can sin against your spouse and your kids many times if it's a real issue uh, with you. And I would just ask you, if you struggle with anger, even if you're not a lion, if you struggle with anger, go to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. And go to somebody else who can give you thoughts from God's Word in regards to how to deal with that anger. Work on it. Pray about it. Ask that uh, Christ would transform your heart because you're doing a lot of damage if you have a real anger problem. And it's just not right. There's a proper way to deal with anger. And there are certain personality types that struggle more with anger. Uh, 
uh, and other personality types have other weaknesses. So it's important for us to identify these things. And I would like you to walk away today with just maybe one or two things that the Holy Spirit speaks to you about. Maybe it's this anger issue, and you say, oh, yeah, that's me. I get angry, but that's just the way it is. No, it's not. That's not just the way it should be. You've got to go to the Lord and ask him to work in your heart in a special way to change that. The last thing is to put an emphasis on grace, to lean into grace. Pure lions tend to tell it like it is. They're straight shooters. They'll tell you exactly what they think about you or what you did or how you did it. And lions, you can really hurt the members of your family by the way you talk to them. You need to learn gentleness. Gentleness. And when is the time to talk and when is the time not to talk? Because, again, you're so driven and you have uh, really an insensitivity for people sometimes. People are not that important to you if you are a pure lion. So, again, things to think and pray about. Well, let's move on to the otter. All right, the otter. They need approval from other people. They're the life of the party. They are the party. They're walking parties. <laughs> if there's not a party going on, when an otter walks into the room, the, otter, the party will, will start. Uh, they want to be in the middle of the action. So the otters at their best are fun-loving, positive, persuasive, sociable, encouraging at their worst. They're conflict-avoidant, dramatic, easily distracted, prone to procrastination, and forgetful. Let's talk about otters loving better. How many otters do we have here? Raise your hands high. Okay, listen up closely. First, be willing to disagree. Now, the challenge uh, for the otter is that they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because they need people's approval. So they don't want to rile anybody. So what they'll tend to do is not talk about issues that are going on in their marriage or issues that are going on in their children's lives because they know if they get into it, it might cause some tension, and therefore that person will no longer approve of them. Well, you've got to talk about issues. If you're going to grow a healthy relationship, you've got to deal with the issues that are going on, your frustrations. It's so important to do that. So you've got to be willing to disagree. Second thing is to shoot straight, to be honest with your spouse, to be honest with your kids. Sometimes an otter wants approval so much that they will actually hide their shortcomings. They did something wrong. They made a mistake. They didn't do what they should have done. But instead of admitting to that, because they want the approval of the other people, they'll not tell the whole truth. Well, you need to be truthful to create healthy relationships. The third thing is to moderate your verbiage. <laughs> if you find a person who talks a lot, that's pretty much a sign that they've got some otter in them. And I love otters. I'm one of them. And so when I get together with another otter, I mean, I'm not a high otter, but when I get together with a higher otter, I just love hanging out with them. Because we just talk and we laugh and have a good time. But sometimes with the otter and sin, especially like insecurity, a person can talk and talk and talk. As a girl in high school, Great young lady, loved the Lord, but oh man, could she talk? We go on these long trips across country for doing choir tours and things like that, and she would just continue to talk. Everybody knew her. She talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. You ever had a person like that in your life? Well, for those of you who are otters, 
it's so important to check yourself in terms of how much you are talking. Proverbs 10.19 gives us some wisdom. When the words are many, transgressions is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. In Proverbs 29.20, Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. So you have, If you have a tendency to talk a lot, you just need to think about, okay, the more I talk, the more likely I am to sin. <laughs> no doubt about that, right? And you need to ask yourself the question, am I listening enough? Again, an otter can lean toward pride and narcissism. It's all about me. They kind of say, well, enough about me. Let's talk about me again. <laughs> it's all about me. And that's sin, right? That's pride. And you need to let the Lord work in your heart in that particular area. And you need to learn to listen. So if you're an otter, whenever you approach a conversation, and if you tend to talk a little bit too much, say, I'm going to listen first. And I'm going to ask that other per- person questions about themselves. And you can learn a lot when you're not talking, right? Because everything you're talking about, you already know about. <laughs> so important to remember. All right. Fourth thing is respect the plan. An otter has no plan. If you're a pure otter, you have no plan. And you might have a spouse who maybe is a lion or a beaver, and they have a plan, and you just kind of want to go with it, so you just need to kind of go along with them. Respect the plan. You can compromise and things like that, but don't, uh, again, fight back against the plan. Number five, five is finish what you start. Finish what you start. An otter loves fun. That's how they determine quality in life. How fun is it? What's the fun quotient in what I'm doing? So when they start a project, it's always fun to start a project. Oh, this is going to be great. It's going to add value to the house or add value to our family. And So they start out the project, and they're optimists. They think that I can get this done in a week. And so they work and work, and, of course, problems come up and challenges. And after a week, it's not done. And when it's not done in a week, it's no longer fun. So when it's not fun, it's done. It's done. They have no more interest. And so they'll go to another project they're excited about. And I'll, I'll start this. I'll get back to that, but I'm going to start this project. You know if you've got an otter in the house because you've like four or five projects that are not done. Like over a period of a year. They're still sitting there. And you say, would you please finish that project? And if an otter were honest, they'd say, it's no longer fun anymore. <laughs> So with you otters, you really need to more carefully think through. If you're going to honor your spouse, love your spouse and your kids, what can I realistically do here? Just think, can I really get this done? Or is this my impulsivity to want to start things, to do things that are new and exciting? All right, well, let's uh, go to the next animal, and that's the golden retriever. And the golden retriever needs harmony. Harmony needs people to get along. They want peace and quiet in their house. They hate conflict. Oh, they abhor conflict. They're very dependable people, and they're very steady emotionally. Not a lot of ups and downs if they're a pure golden retriever. And great things about uh, golden retrievers, loyal, agreeable, thoughtful, tolerant, nurturing. Uh, the golden retriever at their best, or worse that is, is withdrawn, indecisive, resistant to change, aloof, and unable to say no. 
So, how can a golden retriever love better? How many golden retrievers do we have here? All right, very good. Listen closely. Express yourself. Again, golden retrievers are all about people, and they don't want any conflict. And therefore, they bury the issues. They bury the emotions. So you need to work at expressing yourself. I started a church in Nina, Wisconsin, and there was a couple there, and they said they never argued. What? You never argue? Oh, no, no, we never argue. Now I know. They were both golden retrievers. <laughs> I'm sure they had a lot of issues in their marriage, but they just never wanted to talk to them, talk about them because that would be uncomfortable. All right? Uh, Ephesians 4.15, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head in Christ. That's talking about the whole church, but that talks about relationships as well. For those of you who are conflict avoidant because you want other people to like you, you don't want to cause waves, you need to experience conflict in a relationship in order for it to grow. You need to take that risk. You need to step out of your comfort zone in order that God might be able to work through that conflict and the differences that you have with people uh, in your family. The second thing about golden retrievers is you need to modify your plan. Modify your plan. Golden retrievers uh, like to have a plan as well. And they don't like change. If you're a pure golden retriever, you don't like change at all. You like the same thing over and over and over again. So if you're married to a lion, married to a beaver, the otter doesn't have a plan. You have to modify your plan. You have to be flexible. The third thing is you learn to say no. This is very important because an otter is a, excuse me, a golden retriever is a person who wants everybody to get along and they want to be liked by everybody. So how many, uh, again, golden retrievers do we have here who feel life is a little bit overwhelming? They've taken on too much. Any golden retrievers out there? Okay, well, that's very common for a golden retriever because you want other people to like you. So when they, they come up and say, hey, Jim, could you do this project? And you know you can't do the project, but you don't want to disappoint you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And so you're doing stuff here at church. You're doing stuff in the community and those type of things. And what happens is, is you're so busy because of what other people have asked you to do. They're running your life, right? If, if you don't, don't know how to say no, you're cheating your family and time with them. So you need to learn to say no. So if you're a golden retriever, what you need to do is when someone asks you to do something, say, let me think and pray about that. And then really think about it. Can you do this? And if you're really weak, <laughs> talk to your spouse or a friend and say, listen, they've asked me to do this. What do you think I should do? And if they're a good spouse or a friend, usually they'll say, no, don't do it. You've got too much on your plate. And then you need to go back and have the courage to say, boy, I'd love to do that, but I, I just have so many things going on right now. And just live with their response. And, yeah, people might have an issue, but that's their issue, right? Don't let other people run your life. God should be running your life. The truth found in Proverbs 29:25: The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So, again, if you're just pleasing people all the time, you're going to run into a lot of challenges. But if you keep your eyes on God, and listen to him as people ask you to do things and follow his lead. You'll have a great time. Uh, number four uh, is join the excitement. Again, what happens with uh, golden retrievers, they're pretty, you know, like this. My wife's a golden retriever, uh, not a pure golden retriever, but she's a golden retriever. So we're sitting there watching uh, a sitcom. 
And I'm just laughing. I'm otter, you know. I'm just laughing. <laughs> oh, I tell you, isn't that great? And she's just sitting over there with no expression on her face. And I'm saying, now, wasn't that funny? I mean, we've had this conversation over and over throughout the years. Wasn't that funny? She said, yeah, that was funny. But I'm using my, I'm laughing inside. Now, for an otter, what is that? You can't laugh inside. <laughs> You've got to laugh outside, Okay. So when she's really like smiling, I know that she's really laughing inside. I mean, she's howling inside. <laughs> the point here is, you golden retrievers, you need to have more fun in life. So get together with an otter or somebody else and join the fun. All right? I mean, I'm up and down, and Lori's like this, so that's one of the reasons we kind of click because she likes to ride my emotions, at least the positive ones. All right. So. <laughs> Number five is share an activity. Again, part of uh, joining the fun. Now let's look at the beavers. How many beavers do we have out there? All right. The people who systematize life, get the job done, make it sure that it is uh, effective and uh, works. Uh, A beaver is a person who has to have a book. If you're a pure beaver, you have to have a book for everything. You have to have a system. You have to have the rules on how this is done because you are striving to be perfect. You want to do life perfectly. Great things about the beaver, uh, you're orderly, you're conscientious, you're scheduled, you're purposeful, you're factual. Beaver, you're worst, uh, obsessive, critical, moody, suspicious, and rigid. First thing for beavers, lighten up. (laughs) Lighten up. (laughs) Anybody who's trying to be perfect in every area of their life, they are stressed out and they are very serious. Well, you just got to enjoy life uh, some more. Uh, relax the rules. You see, a, a, a pure beaver who's very high, and again, there's different you know, gradations here in terms of how strong you are in these different drives, but they want to follow the rules. I have, a, I have a son who's like this. It's so funny. They, they want to follow the rules about everything, and, uh, and they create a lot of stress. Uh, for themselves because of that. So you need to relax the rules. Now, if you're not willing to relax the rules for yourself, at least relax the rules for other people. If you're married to a beaver, they've got a rule book for your relationship. They've got a rule book for the relationship with their kids. And if you cross a beaver, if you don't do exactly what they think you should do, they're going to let you know about it. If you cross one of their rules, they, you're going to pay in some way if they're not mature about it. Okay, that's unhealthy for relationships. That's not loving each other in the right way. So, beavers, lower your expectations of other people and of of yourself. Give yourself a break. Give yourself some grace. Uh, Number three is excuse the incorrect details. This is so funny. What will happen, uh, you know, I was recently sitting next to a couple, and they were talking to me. And you had one couple was trying, one person was trying to tell a story, and the other person was constantly interrupting them about the details, about, no, 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 it didn't happen that day, or no, it wasn't that person, and that kind of thing. It was, it was just hilarious to watch them go back and forth. You've been in that situation, right? And maybe you're a beaver, and you're always correcting your spouse or your children. They're trying to tell a story, and it's not right. It's not really what happened. So you feel this need to correct 
the details. Let's talk the truth here. And it's maddening for the person who's trying to tell the story. Uh, you need to come up with some type of signal to tell your spouse just to be quiet. All right? Uh, now, Lori and I have used signals throughout the past. But the most common one is she kicks me underneath the table. I have never kicked her, I, I don't think. But uh, she's kicked me. At, but the problem is I never know what she's kicking me about. It's like I'm searching. I mean, if she kicked me once for one thing and kicked me twice for something else, I would know, okay, I said something stupid or stop talking about yourself or whatever the case might be. Uh, you know, you've got to come up maybe with a signal to let that person know you're doing it again. So, beavers, just let people tell their stories. Keep your mouth shut. All right? And at the end, if you want to do some fact-checking, I guess that's okay. I, I wouldn't do that. i just throw some color into the story. Maybe something they didn't mention, because they only told like 10% of the story anyway. Because you know the whole story. <laughs> yeah, very important to do. All right, number five. This is real important. Power down the criticism. Beavers, this is one of your main weaknesses. Is you're striving for perfection. You want perfection in other people's lives, especially people who are close to you. You have a rule book for them. And therefore, when they, again, don't do exactly what you think they should do, you let them know. And many times it's insensitive and you're very critical of them. And that's wrong. That's sin. Verse uh, 1 and 2 of Proverbs 15, A soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. A soft answer. You need to ask your spouse, am I too critical of you? And maybe you already know the question. And you just need to repent, as many of these other areas. You need to repent of your sin. Ask your spouse for forgiveness. And ask your spouse to tell them, uh, tell you, that is, when you're being too critical. Maybe there are certain areas that they're very critical of. But you need to give your spouse a lot of grace, and you need to give yourself grace. All right, so these are the four uh, personality styles. And again, we need to do three things. We need to accept each other. We need to understand each other. And then we need to change our responses to one another through the power of God. It's all summed up in Ephesians 4, 1 through 2. I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. We're to walk as children of God. Here, here's the key thing. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. We need to bear with one another in love because we are different. You know what that word means? It means to tolerate. Lori has to tolerate me. And I need to tolerate her, and I need to tolerate my children, and they need to tolerate me. And we don't like to tolerate people because people irritate us. And people do things that are not things that we would do. But we need to tolerate them. We're not talking about sin here necessarily. We're just talking about the way they do life. Uh, we need to walk alongside them. We need to accept them, understand them, 
And then we need to tolerate them. We need to bear with them. And we need to really rejoice over the differences that other people bring into our lives. Because, again, if we were all like ourselves, which we, everybody was like ourselves, which we think would be a great world, uh, that would not be a great world. It would be a mess. We need all different types of people. That's the way God has put the body of Christ together and put people uh, together. So I encourage you uh, to reflect over this. In fact, uh, if you're in a small group, the majority of them are studying these materials. Small group leaders, you can stop back at our uh, Love at Last site table and pick up uh, some more copies of this because this will be the study guide uh, for this particular week. But talk about it together. I think you'll have a very interesting conversation as you move uh, through this. Also, this is all part of our HeartStrong initiative for families and for marriages. And so I really want to encourage you to take the love style assessment because that will give you a lot of information that you can talk with your spouse about or a friend about or a child about. Buy two of them, one for yourself and one for another person. They're only $5. We're subsidizing it. You can't get it cheaper anywhere else. If you don't have the money, just let them know. They'll give you the codes. You go on the Internet. You put the code in. You take about 10 minutes, answer 28 questions, and you're done. I can't make it any easier for you. I cannot take this survey for you, friends. Okay? I just can't do that. You've got to take a step. If we're going to be heartstrong about our marriages here especially, we've got to take action. And if I'm encouraging you to do something, unless you have a really good reason not to do it, many people don't want to do it because they're afraid. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage. Maybe you, know, you don't want to take it because it might tell things about you that you don't want other people to know. Well, if you're going to grow your marriages, you need to do that. And then we have the Love Style Workshop coming up on November 9th. Please, if, if you want to make your marriage better, you've got to invest in it. So please, if you take out this uh, particular insert that we have here, this gray insert, uh, it talks about the Love Style Assessment. All you have to do is put down the emails of the people who are taking it, or your email twice, whatever, and take it back to the table and uh, pay the money, and uh, we'll email you the codes, and you take it, and it spits back a report in just a minute or so, and you can learn from it. The Love Style Workshop is on November 9th. Free child care. It's free itself. It's a free date night. I really challenge you because I love you, and, and, and I know that Lori and I benefited from this, and you can also benefit from it. And we really want to work together to make our marriages more healthy and our families uh, more healthy. If you could take out your message notes or your communication, uh, your uh, program at this time, and if you could uh, rip off a communication slip, if everybody could do this. Uh, and if you're a regular attender, just write down uh, the names of the adults who are attending. And uh, if you are a guest, so good to have you. Feel, fill out as much information as you feel comfortable with. And then you'll see next steps under the name. And here are some next steps you can take. We always want you to step away with something you can apply to your life. Uh, number one, I'll do the love style survey with someone else and discuss it. Number two, I'll invite a neighbor and their family to Candy Town on Halloween. Number three, I'll make a commitment to attend the next four weekends in a row. We're going to start a series on compassion next week, a call to compassion about how we can engage in compassion and have a bigger heart uh, for other people. So I encourage you to be with us. Uh, number uh, four, I will pray this week for my gospel friend to come to Christ. Number five, I'll meditate on Ephesians 4:29. Number six, I'm interested in knowing more about a personal relationship with Christ.
Let's have our ushers come forward. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, thank you for the wisdom that you have in your word. And Lord, we know that the different personality styles, some struggle with anger, some struggle with, you know, seeking the approval of men. Uh, Lord, I pray that you continue to speak to all of us about our weaknesses in order that we might love each other as you've commanded. Thank you for these gifts that we're receiving today uh, on your behalf. In Christ's name, amen.